Welcome to Live in the Messiah's Love. I'm your host, Kamisha, and I'm so glad to be spending this time with you. I hope your day is off to a beautiful start in the presence of the Lord. And my beloved is here, and we're excited to get into the Word today. Hi, honey. Thanks for being here. Hi, honey, honey. It's a <laughs> pleasure. Let's get into the Word. It's the best part of this. The, I mean, well, every every aspect of life, right? The Word, the living Word. Hearing it, letting it get in us, being written on the tablet of our heart, and causing change. And by change, I mean conforming us to the image of Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. That's the word fulfilling its role and its purpose. Amen. Amen. Uh, Before we get into this episode, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Lord, we exalt your name in our minds and we exalt your name in all the earth. We know that you are more than enough and that you're a big God and that you love us and you only do good things and you take care of everything that concerns us. So Lord, we just take a moment to cast all of our cares on you, every thought, every concern, every petition, every um, matter that's been weighing on our hearts in our minds, Lord, we just cast it at your feet, Jesus, knowing that you care for us and we take the time to come before you with a clean slate right now. Lord, we just ask you to forgive us if we have had aught with anyone else or we have been in any kind of state of unforgiveness or strife. And and Lord, we just thank you for forgiving those that have wronged us as we forgive them, Lord. And we ask you to welcome them into your embrace and for your safety, your safekeeping and your guidance to those, Lord, that have actually done things that would be harmful towards us or spiteful or vengeful. We, we forgive them and that we receive your forgiveness for us because we have fulfilled your word. We have forgiven so that we receive your forgiveness. And we just thank you for that, Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you, and we ask you to guide us. We ask you to teach us. We ask you to comfort us and give us your shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, and to empower us with the understanding and the enlightenment of your word that is able to save our souls, the engrafted word of God. And we just thank you today, Lord, for who you are, and we appreciate you. Lord, I bless these listeners in your almighty name, Lord Jesus, and I just thank you for keeping them safe. I thank you for tending to everything concerning them. Give them this day their daily bread, Lord, in the almighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So, okay, today's episode is called All in His Name. So we're going to be opening up with our springboard scripture of Colossians 3.17. And if you have your book, The Name of Jesus by Kenneth E. Hagan, we're going to turn to page 67. I hope by now you've read the entire book. Um, I did leave that in the, the description of one of the episodes just to encourage you to go ahead and finish the book. But in case you didn't see that, um, you might want to pause here if you've only read through chapter nine and take a take the time to finish up reading the, the rest of the book and then come back and listen to this episode. If you've already done it, glory to God. Good job from, from you. And let's get ready to rock and roll. So all in his name. Mm-hmm. So that's we're going to look at page 67 of the book, and it opens up with that very scripture, Colossians 3.17. So you read it to us, honey. Absolutely. Thank you. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. 
Amen. Um, in the Gospels, the Lord tells us, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. There are oftentimes that we look for ways to try to honor the Lord, and we come up with all sorts of things. <laughs> but <laughs> if we just stick to what he's already told us and what he's already said, we will find that he is duly honored and he is glorified by our actions because we are doing those things that are pleasing in his sight. So in this um, this verse, it shares something profound with us. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, whether it's words or actions, deeds is another word for actions, um, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that conveys to us that everything that we should do should be done in the name of Jesus. And also it conveys to us the attitude that we should have as though we were doing the work as literally serving the Lord himself, as though we were doing that exact service unto the Lord himself. And that we should only be saying what the name of Jesus can support, (laughs) what the name of Jesus and what the Lord has told us to say. So that that is a caution for us as as much as it is an encouragement. Honey, you had something you wanted to say? Well, I'll say I'll say this. It's the exact thing that we say all the time in this ministry, because it's the pattern example set forth in Jesus, the Christ. I only say the things the Father says. I only do what the Father does. Nothing of my own initiative. So, our role is also to say what the Lord says to say and how He says to say it. And to do what the Lord is doing, how he says to do it. And he also tells us in this verse how to do it. With thanks or giving thanks. That attitude of being thankful and Mm -hmm. doing things, I'll say, with joy in our hearts. A thankful heart and attitude towards the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, so the scripture I referenced before was John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments. Pretty simple and straightforward. And so we've, this, you know, just as you mentioned, my love, the, the Lord Jesus, while he was here in his earthly, earthly ministry, only did what the Father said for him to do, and he only did what or said what the Holy Spirit told him to do. So all that God said was what he spent his time, busied himself with finishing and doing, mm-hmm. completing, and um, conveying it. Let's take a look over at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Um, and 10 through 11. I do apologize. All right. It says, As each one has received a special gift... Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Some versions say oracles of God. It also says, whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And then I'm just going to follow that up um, with this. Matthew 12, verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, 
they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So we saw the apostle Peter admonishing us and encouraging us to, to say as though God was speaking through our mouth, Amen. to let our mouth only be used for the word of God to proceed through, not saying things that were outside of that. And also using what the Lord supplied to carry out his work. Um, that's what we saw in verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So if anyone speaks, let them speak as the oracles of God. As you do the work that he called you to do, as you go about your business, that is doing all things, only do what the Lord asks you to do, doing it in his name and doing it just like you're offering that service to Jesus personally. Jesus himself is the one receiving it from you, not the person that you see in front of you. Um, and then keeping your mouth clean and free from idle words. That's vitally important in spiritual warfare, because remember the ministering angels only listen to what the voice of God's word. Mm -hmm. And so how we communicate with them is by putting God's word in our mouth and speaking it out and giving utterance or sound to what God is actually saying. So it's essential in our our spiritual warfare, but also in our walk with the Lord and our maintaining our connection to the power source. So we talked about this previously. Your name does not have the power to cast out demons. <laughs> your name does not have the power to raise the dead. Your, your name doesn't have um, the ability to lay hands or on the sick or and see them recover. Your name cannot heal the sick, but the name of Jesus can. And so we've talked about connecting to the power source. So now we're talking about functioning yeah. with the unction and connection to the name of Jesus that we're supposed to be functioning with. Darling, do you have something you wanted to say? I did. It goes along with this, right? This is from Ecclesiastes 5. Uh, it's really, I'll read verses 1 and 2. It tells us to guard our steps as we go to the house of God and draw near to listen rather than to, to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know they are doing evil. And then it tells us, do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. So right there, it gives us exactly what you were just talking about. It tells us to say what the Lord is saying. Mm -hmm. Not whatever thought comes to mind and then just blurt it out. Mm -hmm. We are to be doing what is our reasonable service of worship. Amen. And that is unto the Lord. And we do that by hearing the instructions mm -hmm. from our commander mm -hmm. and then employing them, stating them if that is the thing that he commands us to do and or doing whatever it is he is commanding us to do. Amen. That's how the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, but with, along with that, the army of the Lord functions and operates. Amen. Glory to God. And... In First Peter chapter 4, the very last phrase of that section that we read, it says that in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So that also tells us that our purpose, our motivation mm -hmm. for doing what we're doing should be pure and clean before God and for the glory of Christ Jesus. It is to magnify Christ Jesus and not ourselves. 
I know when we talk about spiritual warfare and we read, read the scriptures, um, what we would call the Great Commission, to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, et cetera, Amen. cast out demons, those things, we typically look at the sensation of power. Mm -hmm. The the um, Sometimes it's even like euphoria, the excitement we get when we feel powerful. And sometimes that can become the focus where and we're going, God, use me. And we're not saying it because we're directly, like purely focusing on glorifying God. We're saying because we're trying to get a little glory out of that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not that God does not want to crown us with glory and honor because he's already done that. Amen. But that's a difference between him sharing his glory with you and crowning you with his glory and honor and you snatching it for yourself. And by you, I mean any human. That's including Kamisha. I just want to tell you. Absolutely. <laughs> I know these things because I've had these conversations with the Lord myself. And, um, you know, he's, he's had to call me more than once and go, excuse me, <laughs> what do you think you're doing? Well, along with that, let's not forget our place mm -hmm. and our role. Or even the scripture we just read in Ecclesiastes, right? It says, to don't be hasty in thought or word, word or thought, to bring up a matter in the presence of God. Let's not forget we are always before him. Mm -hmm. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Right? Amen. There's other scripture, wherever two or three are gathered, there I am in their midst. Other scripture tells us he inhabits the praises of his people. Mm -hmm. So we are always, or and I'll say this, God's warriors... His end time army is to ever be before him mm -hmm. in his presence, Amen. not leaving to going out and then coming back in, mm -hmm. but remaining before him. Amen. Functioning as he's given us command to function. Glory to God. So let's, let's just understand that in full. Amen. I mean, what else can you add to that? <laughs> so whatever you're doing, Make sure it's what the Lord asks you to do and then do it as your reasonable service unto him. If it's sweeping the floor, the examples that they gave here on page 67, washing dishes, making beds, teaching Sunday school, singing a song, playing an instrument um, on your on your job, wherever that is, taking care of your children, et cetera, et cetera. Anything and everything you do should be to glorify the Lord and unto his glory in a manner that pleases him and that he's blessed by, and it should be done in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That's what Hebrews 11 tells us. Um, so as we're moving forward, keeping that in the front of our perspective, we've connected to the power source. We've remained Right, and we've built our faith up in the power source. So now we're letting the power source flow through us and we're keeping our objective pure and clean and holy before him. Um, you said something, darling, in the, the verse that you read about don't be hasty to utter. Can you read that for me again? Yeah, it's uh, Ecclesiastes 5 verse 2 says, do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Okay. And you've already said that means position yourself to listen mm -hmm. to what he has to say and to take guidance and to take and receive instruction. It does not mean 
don't talk to God, be afraid of him, cower because he's God almighty and he doesn't want anything to do with you, you know, you pitily little human. That's not what that means. Not at all. That means take the humble um, perspective and the right and the righteous perspective of him, he being God and you being his, his person, mm-hmm. his child, his son or his daughter, and you recognizing that he is the commander in chief. He's God almighty all by himself, by the way. And he is able to willing, ready, and capable of dealing with every situation. So when you come into his presence, it's not for you to dictate to him and point your finger in his face and tell him what you want him to do. It's to go here, here, Lord, like we've been talking about, present whatever is happening before the Lord. And even sometimes just sitting before him to hear what he wants to say to you and then letting him share it and convey to you the truth about it. So now you have instruction to move forward. Well, that's the first verse, right? That's Ecclesiastes 5, verse 1. Guard your steps as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools. Mm-hmm. For they do not know they are doing evil. Mm-hmm. That puts it, I mean, very squarely, precisely in our perspective. Amen. And that's akin to Job, if we would, if you would look at the book of Job. Mm-hmm. They were... Job's friends were coming to comfort him, and but they did not realize that they were actually accusing accusing God's character and his nature. Exactly. Um, and even though they thought they were counseling Job and correcting Job, but God took that personally against him, that they were saying, uh, speaking incorrectly concerning him, and they actually, you know, were going to get in trouble about it, but God was merciful. Well, actually, I'll say it this way. They were, they were heaping up judgment for themselves. They Absolutely. were sinning against God. And the Lord was merciful and gracious and gave them an opportunity to repent um, so that they were not judged according to the things that they said. And even Job got called on the carpet. He didn't accuse God or slander God, mm-hmm. but he was still a little bit big for his britches. And the Lord had to <laughs> have a good conversation with him Absolutely. To, to help him. So now we're going we're gonna to turn over to page um, 87 really quickly and look at... The, the three necessary steps that are listed here, and we've talked about them before in various ways, but we're going to look at them succinctly right next to each other in this section. It says, first, to use the name of Jesus Christ and to have victory over the adversary, you must be a child of God. You must have a legal right to use the name of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And we, we've talked about that before. And um, I think he even lists the, the seven sons of Sceva as the example Absolutely. here in this um, section of the book. Then the next one is that you must not have any unconfessed sin in your heart. When it comes to approaching the throne of God, especially when um, asking the Lord to make a ruling and a call about something or what we would call judgment. Um, and don't always seem gloom and doom when you, when you use that word, it's not always, um, that severe, but when we're asking God to intervene on a matter and we are connecting or remaining connected with the power source, unconfessed and unrepentant sin does not, um, lend itself for you being absolutely connected to the power source. Sin separates us from God. And as believers, if we live our life denying the the sanctity of the blood of Jesus, the preciousness of the blood, by hiding sin from him, we are calling God a liar and we are mocking him to his face um, and acting as though he does not see and hear. Or know the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen. I, and by that, I mean our heart towards him. 
Amen. Um, and it will interfere with your confidence. So I'll just read this section as it's written here. It says, if you do, I'll just start at the beginning. Second, you must not have any unconfessed sin in your heart. If you do, demons will laugh at your prayers. The Bible says, beloved, if our, your, I'm sorry, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence toward God. You will have boldness also in the presence of demons. Don't let the devil bother you over your past life. If you've confessed it, you're forgiven. First John 1, 9. Take a moment and go look that up. Laugh in his face. So when we pray, devils don't have anything to do with our prayer. So I just want to articulate this maybe a little bit more clearly here for you. We're not praying to demons. We're not asking them. We're not petitioning. No, our prayer is to God. But if our confidence, if we know that we haven't confessed sin to our father, that is lends itself to us not having full confidence. And so in most cases, we won't even come and try to deal with an adversary. We'll just cower in the corner and let them kick us and punch us and beat us up because we know we have unrepentant sin. And most of the time, if we come to the father to deal with the matter, he will first say, hey, we need to talk about this because it makes you, you're rendered ineffective at this moment because of your sin that you left lingering. Your, your in. sin, but also because you know you have this. And your knowledge of your Your spirit sin. man knows you have mm -hmm. uh, There is now doubt. Amen. So as a result of that doubt, how can you expect to receive the thing you're asking for? That first, it's a relationship with our, our Lord and Savior first and foremost. Mm -hmm. That has to be made right. Amen. And the blood of Jesus. Um, honey, will you turn to 1 John 1, 9 for us, yeah, please? I'm, I'm there. Oh, are you? Okay, says, read it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Glory to God. So that is, that must be done first. Then we can ask or petition the Lord for those things that we need. And so the, I believe it's James, it says, submit to God resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. That is also talking about dealing with sin as well as its obedience. Um, because if you've sinned, then there's an era, there's a, a level of disobedience there already, right? We see how those go together. So remember this and keep this in mind. In the spiritual realm, everything is not compartmentalized like we see it in the natural. There's no walls, there's no doors, there's no... Um, separate cities or things of that nature. The spiritual realm is just, it's there. So the adversary can see us talking to the Lord or things of that nature and would try to interfere with it. But we don't ask demons if you feel like getting out today or, you know, do we have authority? We don't petition or concern ourselves with the demonic except to have dominion over them. Amen. Um, but you won't even take your authority and your dominion if you know you have unrepented sin. And that's also a denial of your, your relationship with the Lord for you to walk around like that anyway. So if you know there's something that you've done wrong, first of all, try not to do it in the first place. That's the better road. And you do that first and foremost by submitting to the Lord. Amen to that and judging yourself Amen. so that you won't be judged. But if you know that you missed the mark, get it quick, repent quickly because there's no reason to allow that to drive a wedge between you and God because it, it puts distance between you and the power source. Sin, by very definition, separates us from God. And you can be saved and still driven away from God because you won't repent from your sin. Just like, oh, go ahead. Well, it also goes to the thing we were just talking about, relationship. 
this is about relationship with mm-hmm. the Lord. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, if we, or when we fall short, if we fall short, when we fall short, right, with the Lord, because, again, it's to be like our Lord and Savior, conform to His image, okay? Mm-hmm. Which means we're dealing with sin. We're guarding our steps to not fall into it. All right? Amen. Now, when we miss the mark, we grieve the Lord. We grieve His Holy Spirit. He is grieved. He is troubled. Amen. And when we willingly miss the exactly, mark. Exactly. Especially when we willingly do it. And if that we, must be that relationship must be corrected and must be repaired, amen, and restored first and foremost before we can continue to move forward, amen. If we don't deal with that, that drives a wedge, which gets greater over time. Amen. So let's read um, in First John here. Let's read. Um, let's see. Let's start at verse six. And then we'll read back down to verse 10. It says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So when there's unrepented sin, it's like calling God a liar and saying, I don't see it. La 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 la. Right. And we also know that the Holy Spirit, the moment that we get out of alignment, he's He's right there. I mean, before we get out of alignment, as we're getting out of alignment, after we get out of alignment, he's there saying, hey, hey, turn, repent. First, he says, don't do that. Don't do that. Sin lies at the door and its desire is for you. You should rule over it. Then he says, hey, turn away. I provided a way of escape so that you can bear uh, so that you can succeed but the scripture says bear under this but so mm-hmm. you can succeed and not fall into sin okay you didn't take that exit route but now that you've done whatever sin that the holy spirit tried to keep you from committing now repent don't leave this lingering because if you don't bring it under the blood it will remain it's your job to bring anything that you've done to the Lord and bring it under the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not the blood's job to chase you down. He's done his part. Now it's your turn. So, and by you, I'm talking to myself as well. So hopefully you don't hear me pointing my finger because if you have been spent any time with us, you know that Kamisha readily acknowledges (laughs) and admits to who she was before, who I was before the Lord. Just like Paul says, uh, the word applies to me first. Amen to that. Even the teaching that I bring, it applies to me first. Absolutely. And yes, it still applies to everyone else, but it applies to me first so that when I've run the race and completed it, that I hadn't, I didn't run in vain. And I'm that not I'm, didn't disqualify myself. Amen. Exactly. Amen. So these are things that we apply to ourselves. Um, and if you have ever had the chance to meet our children, you will, they will readily tell you that... Mommy, that would be me. I correct myself. You can, I go through my house and people hear me, my family hears me talking out loud to the Lord and to myself. Amen. Get it together. If I'm out of alignment, I don't wait for God to find me and tell me I'm wrong because I've waited too long if that's the case. <laughs> Snatch my collar and wrangle me down. Exactly. Nope, nope, if God has to come and say, Kamisha, you're in sin. 
Think about David with Bathsheba. Mm -hmm. By the time Nathan showed up, David had been in sin so long and had been ignoring God, and it was actually to his discredit that God had to send a prophet, an external source. And he acknowledged that in the Psalms, how his his bones had shut up within him and just how he felt spiritually but also physically. Mm -hmm. It was draining to him. Amen. So God always comes to us first, but... And as you grow with him, you know when you're doing something wrong. I know when I'm doing something wrong. God, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to, you know, be huffing and puffing, breathing down my neck. I know when I'm doing something wrong because I've spent enough time in the word of God to know what his expectation is. I know what the heart of God looks like and the love of Jesus Christ looks like. And I know when I'm going outside of it. So if I know that I've done something wrong, I don't wait for him to come find me. I take care of it up front. So that way he doesn't have to send a third party. Holy Spirit is not grieved by my actions or my behaviors or me lingering or prolonging sin. So some things happen accidentally and we try to avoid intentional sin. Now, number three. Oh, honey, go ahead. You I don't know. I was going to say we need to get to number three here. Okay. Yep. Number three, it says, third, you must know the power of the name of Jesus and how to use it. Amen. So Jesus has already done the work. He put them, principalities and powers, devils and demons, to nothing, to naught. That's what that word means. N-O-U-G-H-T means nothing. Absolutely nothing, irrelevant, powerless, um, to nothing. Um, that means he reduced them to nothing. And it's a now, amen, they are being brought to nothing by us. So we're enforcing what God already did. So when we know the value and the power of the name of Jesus, we all, we know our rights and we know what Christ has already done. So how could I explain this? If, if you are left an inheritance, there was a story I heard once about a, a woman who had served like the queen or someone in England for a very mm -hmm. long time. And her, her queen passed away. And then, you know, of course she retired after that. And she was living in an absolute hovel and, you know, very poor, impoverished and sick, all but on her deathbed, just in poverty. And she had a framed picture on her wall that had some, something that she was given on her retirement from service. Mm -hmm. And it had been hanging on her wall since she, since she left. And one day, someone like a lawyer or somebody came to her house to care for her to kind of help wrap up her end of life stages or, or things of that nature and was looking around and asked about the picture that was on the wall because he was reading it. The woman herself happened to be illiterate, so she couldn't read and she didn't really know what it said, but she honored it. She prized it and valued it because it was given to her by her previous employer. And the, the person that came to see her, the lawyer, whatever he was, came and read it and asked her about it. And she said, oh, that's just, you know, something that my former mistress gave me and it's so special to me, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the man asked, he's like, do you know what this is? And she said, no. He said, this is an endowment. Mm -hmm. This is a an inheritance that's been left to you. It's enough to pay for your house. It's enough to pay for, pay for your health care. It, it provides a food allowance, a clothes allowance. It's taking care of you for the rest of your life. Why do you have it in a frame? What are you doing? You know, he's baffled by this and surprised. But she had something of great value that could have changed her life circumstances. And she had had it on her wall for something like 20 years or right, a long time, a long time, something like that. And 
she was in the position that she was in because she was ignorant of what was available to her and not making light of the woman's situation. Don't focus on that. Focus on once we know what belongs to us in Christ Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus Christ and our authority to use his name, right? As the oracles of God and doing all things unto the Lord. Now we can use it and exercise the victory that belongs to us. So needless to say, in that particular story, they took it and cashed it in basically and got her all set up and fixed up. And now she could have health care, food, proper meals, clothing, and was taken care of and lived in the house that was allotted to her and everything like that. So her life was made better by knowing what was available to her. But it could have been so much better much earlier on. Amen. How much faster would she had have been cared for if she had asked somebody, hey, I can't read this. Can you tell me what it says? Mm -hmm. It's so pretty, right? But she assumed that she knew. Hallelujah. And she went on about her way. So let us not be ignorant. <laughs> let us not be ignorant of Satan's devices, but more importantly, net, let us not be ignorant of the power contained in the name of Jesus. And, and going back to a previous lesson, you have been given power of attorney Amen. to utilize the almighty name of Jesus. Amen. You have that. Amen. He gave it to you if you are a, a son or daughter of the Most High God Amen. and a joint heir with Christ. Glory to God. You've been given that authority, that power of attorney mm -hmm. to utilize his name, to carry out his will, his plan, purpose, covenant on the destiny track for your life to do his will Mm -hmm. on earth as it is in heaven. Glory to God. And there's the ticket. That's why we say what we say. The, the Lord's prayer is your kingdom come, Father. Your will be done mm -hmm. on earth as it is in heaven. Not my will be done in heaven as I demanded on earth. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. We want his kingdom and his glory to come. Um, so let's get back to um, page 88 that we're reading on. Um, and now... They are being brought to nothing by us. Eventually, they are doomed to pass to eternal judgment, but they are being brought to nothing right now because Jesus defeated them and gave his name to use, gave us his name, I'm sorry, to use against them. Uh, the scripture is quoted here. In my name, they will exercise authority over them, Jesus said. Another way to say this is, in my name, demons will be rendered useless. They will be brought to nothing. When you know that, you will do as I do. When the devil attacks, I start laughing. I say, nothing, get out of here. I call him nothing. Some people open the door to the devil and say, come on in. They get up in church and brag and testify about what all he is doing. So basically he was saying they use their mouth to edify the devil versus taking their rightful place and the authority in the name of Jesus Christ to put the devil in his place. So Christ made an open show of them. He stripped them of all power and authority. He had the keys of hell and death. Mm -hmm. Jesus has them already. And then Amen. he sat down at the right hand of the father and he said, put them under your feet because it's already done. All you have to do is walk in it. Now, why is it like that? Because God wants it that way. He wants us to exercise our dominion over the adversary. If you remember back to when we uh, first started this and we were talking about our history as God's warriors, we talked about the two kingdoms that um, were an option, God's kingdom or the devil's kingdom. And because we have been brought, bought 
out of the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of the son of his love, we have an obligation and a right to put the devil under our feet because we are part of the body of Christ, just as Christ put the devil under his and said, no, no, I'm going, I'm taking it to the house, if you will, if I could use a sport reference, (laughs) but I'm, I'm enacting the father's will here on earth, just as it is in heaven. So we are imitating him as dear children. We are honoring him as our head, our Lord and savior and our commander by enforcing what he's already enforced because he gave us dominion and authority in this earth over the territories that he's assigned to us as well. And it doesn't matter if you've been a believer for two seconds or 200 years, you have the same amount of authority over the devil. First day one, breath one, as a believer, as you do after you've been in and exercising, um, consistently and regularly in the things of God. So that's something that belongs to us, but we have to, we have to know it. We have to be connected. We have to make sure there's no sin disconnecting us from what God provided because he doesn't retract his anointing or his authority. He doesn't take it back from us. But when we choose to live in unrepented sin, we remove ourselves from it. Right. And we set a stumbling block before our own feet. And if we don't know the power of the name of Jesus and highly esteem it, we won't apply it. And that just like in the example that we talked about the story, the lady who had the endowment sitting there, her all this time that she desperately needed. This also has another role. If you don't know that you're an heir and you think that you're subject to allowing the adversary to run ruckshot or to have um, entrance into your life and to come in your house every day and mess your stuff up and disarray your day. If you think you have to put up with that, he's going to do it, even though he's already a defeated foe. Mm-hmm. And that's nobody's fault, but the one who allows it, right? We talked about previously that the devil has no power except what a human gives him. That's so it. if you know that he's already defeated and you know that you don't have to put up with it, then don't allow it. And the way that you do that is by using the name of Jesus and telling them to get out. So the example that um, Brother Hagen gave here was nothing. Get on out of here. Now he grew up in Texas. (laughs) So I'm sure he said that with a Texas drawl, but whatever the Lord gives you and you come before the Lord and ask him, how do I deal with this? I'm already, I already agree. And I submit to you, Lord, that I'm going to deal with this because you gave me dominion and authority. You tell me what to say, Holy spirit, so I can be effective in what I'm doing. So I can just be in perfect alignment with you, Lord, because I'm going to do this because you told me to do this, not going, Oh Lord, take this devil away from me. Remember the apostle Paul tried that. He tried to pray away that thorn in the flesh and God said, my sufficient, my grace grace is is sufficient sufficient for you. you. He said, the pathway that I set up, the grace that's associated with the, the pathway and the door that I've provided for you, you take the name of Jesus and you deal with this thorn in the flesh. Eventually he got it and he started using that. Mm -hmm. Oh, principalities and powers in the ministry and what occurred as a result amen he and so he wanted god to do something god had already told him to have dominion over and to rule over and god is not going to subvert the method in the manner that he has already set forth so we're not asking him to do something he told us to do we come and we connect and we go i'm going to do it your way god i agree with you Tell me how to get this done. What's the answer? And so there's a, a reference to the the young woman that was um, a, a fortune teller that he cast the demon out. And then you saw him 
dealing with those things afterwards, like if you watched throughout his ministry, coming from a different aspect and perspective that he wasn't aware of before. So now that we know, what are we going to do? <laughs> we're going to use the name of Jesus and we're going to let the name do what it does. So remember, we also talked about in previous episodes, it's not my job to dictate to the name how to do what he does, right? The name knows how to do what it does. And the devils already know that they're subject to the name. All I need to do is put it in my mouth and use it. Again, it's to his name, every knee shall bow. Glory to God. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. And I think that's uh, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. And let's just take a peek over there. Well, as you're, as you're getting there, honey, uh-huh. I want to say the army of God is going to engage the enemy, the adversary. Mm-hmm. The Lord did not have an army to just sit there on the base, protected behind the walls, mm-hmm. hiding out with the baggage, <laughs> right, doing the King Saul piece. Right. No. The Lord's army engages with the enemy. Amen. How will we engage? Will we allow the enemy to have a foothold? Will we become friends with the enemy? Mm. Or, right, and, and engage them on a friendly level Mm-mm. and associate with them in that manner? Mm-mm. May it never be. May the army of the Lord, as we should and as we are called to do, engage the enemy and submit it. Put them under the Lord's feet. Amen. And you remember those um, little pictures from Lab 9 where there's the big boot. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Stomping on all the power of darkness. That's that. It was done in a funny way, but that's what I mean. That's what the Absolutely. Holy Spirit means. Put your foot on his neck and have dominion over him. So I'll just read um, Philippians 2 verses 9 through 11. It says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Well, amen. We're already saying Jesus Christ is Lord. So we honor him in addition to verbalizing it by doing what he asked us to do the way he told us to do it. Well, all right, we're going to stop there for today. Um, The next episode, we're going to talk about some case studies and take a look at that. Um, Case studies of spiritual warfare and see some intricate um, workings, inner workings there and get some instruction, some guidance and some encouragement. Well, I hope this episode blessed you today. And I hope that you are growing in the Lord. I trust God that you're growing in faith and in confidence and boldness in his word. And you are being brought up as a warrior of God in Christ Jesus. We love you. God bless you, and remember to live your life in the Messiah's love. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe.